Hey guys, this is Keith from the One Recovery Radio Network. This is the Big Things by Nine podcast. Today is Friday, July 9th, 2021. Hope everybody is doing well. We're doing well on our end. And uh, tonight we got a really, uh, we got a great guest for you guys. Uh, our good friend Miles. And uh, we'll be back with uh, Miles right the break. Hey guys, Keith here to talk to you today about Lavender Lions Bath and Body. This stuff is incredible. She's got bath bombs. She's got these ice cream cone soaps that looks like a cone of ice cream. It's incredible. Puts a whole new meaning to back in the day in the Catholic schools. Whenever I would curse, they put soap in your mouth. Send these ice cream soaps. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Lavender Lions Bath and Body. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. And then there's also uh, her website, which is Lavender Lions Bath and Body. BodyBigCartel.com. I will. Um, that's a long one, so I'll go ahead and I'll put that in our description and uh, check this stuff out, guys. This is some really amazing stuff uh, that Cindy does. And we're back on the Big Things by Nine podcast. My name is Keith. Our guest today is my friend Miles. How are you, Miles? Doing good, Keith. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm stoked to be here, man. Hell yeah, man. This is great. Like, happy to have you. Yeah, thanks. I know it was kind of, you know, like we kind of pass each other. We're talking mm-hmm. to each other on the phone and just trying to link it all up. So I'm really stoked to be here, man. I think this is really cool. I'm loving what you're doing. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm stoked, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good, I, I really appreciate it. Man. Good deal. Good deal. But, yeah, I um, I actually told some of my story a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it feels good just to let it out, you know. Right. Um, so where did, where did this all begin for you? Um, as far as what, as far as my, my addiction and kind of this, yeah, addiction. go back as far, as far back as you want. So, I mean, really, you know, if I had to be honest with you, like, um, you know, I kind of came, I kind of had a rough childhood, dude. I think a lot mm-hmm. of us have, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you know, and it was, it was really hard for me, um, you know, you know, obviously, like, not having two parents or when there was, you know, there was violence in the house and mm-hmm. there was, uh, you know, there was just, like, a lot of cutty shit going on. So, um, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that um, and kind of being on my own, you know, at a, at a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a younger sister that um, I really wanted to make sure that she had the best life that she could. I, I, I helped raise her a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, from like a real young age. Did that, um, did that help you out? Um, you know, <clears throat> it kept me out of trouble for yeah. a while. It did, you know what I mean? Because, I, I mean, like, truth be told, like, I was a feisty young man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. all the way up until, like, you know, uh, you know, not that long ago, really. I mean, things have changed, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um you know, yeah, it did. It, it did. I was just, yeah, it, it probably did. You know, I had a, I had a, uh, I ended up meeting a, a girl like in ninth grade who we were together for 18 years. You know, we were married. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we did that. So, you know, I had her, I had my little sister and then I had a job at a skateboard shop that I loved. Um, so that those things like really helped me out. Um, I think art in high school, um, you know, more specifically like ceramics kind of like saved my life um, at that point. Mm-hmm. Just because I was so dumb with school, you know what I mean? I hated school. <laughs> like everybody, I hated it too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. like, there was that, dude. And uh, but you know, there was a couple things, and there was a couple people along the way that like really helped me out. You know, like in those in those younger years, and it kind of kept me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but a big huge part of that was through skateboarding um you know and i just loved it i could just, just i was just always on my skateboard oh yeah um you know and like doing that like i got to meet a lot of really cool people um i got to do a lot of cool things but you know like with that came like a lot of injuries you know and i think um yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, been there. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 right no yeah no doubt broken man. femur <laughs> yeah yeah broken femur yeah who am i talking to <laughs> yeah right 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 so you know what i'm talking about yep and uh you know, probably when I was uh, like 19, when I broke my ankle, that was like the first time that I really ever got like pain pills. And I didn't... 19? Yeah, I was about like 19, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I wasn't like a drinker like in high school or anything. I really couldn't be. I had to just focus on my little sister, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then sure. just, you know, barely hanging on to school. Um, but, you know, trying to be a good dude, you know, for her. And um, yeah, doing that, you know? But once... Once I got those, it was kind of like, you know, it, it felt, it, it, I didn't like fall in love with them right away or anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. but I knew they made me feel better, right? Yeah. So I got healed up and <clears throat> I still skated, but mm-hmm. um, at a pretty young age too, I started working in bars um, and yeah. probably like I started teaching swing dance, man. And like, really? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, you cool. know, like the late 90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was teaching swing dance um, and then... I was doing it at this bar. They thought I was 21. I was like 19. They, they, they asked me if <laughs> in I wanted... Utah? Yeah, it was in Utah. Utah. Yeah, it was in Ogden, actually. It was this really cool, like, amazing old mansion. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they thought I was 21 or 22 or something. <laughs> I was only 19. And uh, so they asked me if I wanted to start bar back in there. And I was like, well, yeah, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, at that time, I was, uh, I was, I was finishing fire school. Um, I was uh, just finishing up my fire one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing like volunteer firefighting, just go, get ready to go test for sure. like, you know, like just to go become a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I started making like so much good money <laughs> it, yeah, it, like in the bar that I just kind of let like all that kind of stuff go aside because it was the first time in my life that I just had, I remember there was a girl that came and cleaned our house. Me and my, me and my old roommate Cliff, he was like my best friend. We just mm-hmm. had this crazy party house and you know, by then I was drinking a lot, you know, I wasn't really doing anything else yet um but you know I, I remember she called me on the phone and she was like you know miles i think you have like you know like eight or nine or ten grand in cash just sitting there you know and i was like this ghetto kid like yeah i didn't care about money or anything you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i just i'd make all this money and then i would just like put it in a drawer instead of like going to the <laughs> bank or anything you know what i mean it's just yeah. like it's just ridiculous oh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah dude so so then i was like oh yeah man like I'm so really, she saw what she saw nine grand sitting in your drawer. Or? Yeah, and she was honest. You know what I mean? She was yeah. really cool. She was a really cool girl, and uh, um, she was like, "Yeah, dude, like you gotta go to the bank, you know." <laughs> and like I had a bank account, but I didn't really use it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, okay, well, <clears throat> yeah." Like, and I was skateboarding. And, and actually, at this point too, I was going to Weber State University, mm-hmm. um, and then I had just kind of, I kind of put the firefight thing on hold, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I kind of put the the school thing on hold because I was partying a lot and I was working a ton, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, dude. And and uh, being in the bars was like crazy because then I started getting like I started seeing things I'd never seen before. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I never saw anybody do like coke or like anything yep. like that, bro. Like I was like, what, dude? Like you know, that just like and that and that stuff just freaked me out at first. You know, I just, sure. I was just all these dudes are just like mm-hmm. just just scumbags like. You know, I thought they were all just really cutty people. I didn't want to yeah, be around sure. and stuff, you know? Sure. So, like, 
Um, you know what's funny? I was thinking about doing this yesterday, mm-hmm. and I had this thought. I don't know why this crossed my mind, but like I'd be at the bar, and dudes would be like, "Hey, let the phone ring," you know, because this is bad. Like even before, like I mean, everybody was like kind of getting cell phones at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 43. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, like, I've been doing this for a minute, right? Yep. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, like some dude would shut off his phone or whatever. Anyways, the bar phone would ring, and I remember dudes would be like, if that's my wife, don't tell her I'm here. Tell her. You know, I just thought, always thought it was kind of funny. I didn't really think it was like a dick move or anything, you know? I just, just exactly. was like, oh, yeah, this dude's not here. Yeah, it's terrible, you know what I mean? But I didn't really know about, like, you know, even though I was around, like, a ton of alcoholics and stuff, I didn't really think about, like, what they were doing or like, or like their home lives or anything. Cause I was like this 19, you know, 20, 21 year old kid who was just, mm-hmm. you know, at this point who was just, I just hung out with people my age mm-hmm. and then everybody else was bartending too. So we would just, you know, we were always in Vegas. We were always partying. We were always like, I, I just looked at it like that. I didn't really yeah. think it just kind of was just like at the beginning, it was just kind of like it, it, it was harmless. That's how I felt about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Anyways, that bar shut down, so I went and worked in another bar in Ogden. Um, it was a really, really popular bar, so I went bartended over there. And that's kind of when everything changed, because it was like, you know, it was like down on 25th Street, which is like pretty, you know, well-known in Utah for being mm-hmm. a pretty gnarly place. Back then, it was pretty cutty. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bar I worked at, we really, I don't know, like there was, we had a, we had a big, big crowd that would come, like we'd have huge crowds that would come to the bar that I worked at, but they had to shut down because of, it, it was just, it's kind of a long story, but yeah, yeah. anyways, that crowd ended up coming down to that other bar. So it was like all this new, like life was like mm-hmm. revamped into this bar. And so I was kind of given like some autonomy, like of, you know, like running it, doing whatever, um, you know, to a certain extent, you know, um, started booking a lot of bands, started mm-hmm. meeting like a lot of people coming through town and stuff like that. Um, but <clears throat> at that time, um, there was this lady that worked over at the IRS, right? And I remember, you know, I, I was working a day shift one day and she pulled out, you know, some pills and, and took them at the, at the bar with her beer. And I was like, what is that? You know, and she's like, oh, it's lower tab. And I was like, oh, I was like, and she's like, well, you, here, have one. And I was like, I remember thinking like, I was like, well, I was like, I, I, I was like, why would I take this if I don't need to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you know, then I had remembered too, like, well, I had had them, they'd help me with pain. And at this point, like I was working like, you know, when you're like a young man, dude, when I was like 21, I could work like 16 hours a day oh, on sure. my feet. It was no big deal yeah. just to, <clears throat> to 10 bar. And like at this point too, I was like starting to save like a lot of money and I knew that I wanted to open a skateboard shop. So I was like really just working as much as possible. So I didn't really care. But anyways, you know, my feet were hurt and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah. well, yeah, I'll try this, you know? And I remember I was just like, it was smooth. Like the whole rest of the day was just smooth, bro. Like from like 2 PM until like, you know, I don't know, you know, I worked probably until like 3.30 or 4 o'clock that morning, um, you know, because you have to restock everything, get everything out, you know, it, it was a lot, of, a lot of work, you know, it was a lot of work back then, but I just felt good that whole time, and so maybe like, I don't know, like four or five days had passed, and uh, um, Pam, whatever, I'll just say her name, like, she's not gonna hear, I don't care, whatever, dude, like, whatever, you know, she, she'd asked me again, and I was like, yeah, hell yeah, like, yeah, let's do that, you know, mm-hmm. so send it, so, um, I did that, and then every time she came in, <clears throat> that was, like, my tip, mm-hmm. you know, and I was cool with that, yeah. you know what I mean, because, you mm-hmm. know, it probably cost her 50 cents, 
You know what I mean? So instead of her having to tip me like ten bucks, mm -hmm. she just gave me like a lower tap, dude. Whatever, you know. <laughs> like that was her. Like, that was her deal. Whatever, right? Like, and, you know. And and again, it seemed harmless enough. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Right. So. Uh, and how, you you done it previous times before this, or this is where it started with the lower tap? This is really where it started. Okay. Was I mean because you know I'd been like when I broke my ankle, like mm -hmm. I'd already busted my ankle. I'd already broken like my ankles twice and had like wow. some really bad like you know like some really gnarly um, accidents on my skateboard. Um, so I like had them, but I never had them in a capacity where it's just like oh just take it and you'll feel better and like mm -hmm. this will make your day better. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I never yeah. had like. Yeah, it was never anything like that, dude. So, um, like, yeah, I started getting into it that way. And then there was this dude who I thought was my friend. Um, I, you know, really, I had just known him forever. He was just always mm -hmm. around. And he just always wanted to, like, be in the middle of everything. Like, Oh, God. He, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's the kind of guy, like, you know, if you're talking to your friend about something, like, oh, you know, like, I heard this place has got rad barbecue and, Somebody's like, oh, well, you know, he's the kind of dude that jumped in. Oh, well, they don't really have, like, that, that, that great of a sauce. And so, you know, the secret is tomato. You know, he's like this kind yeah. of dude that's always jumping in. And, like, we all got that guy in our circle, you know? Like, I had it growing up, you know? Right. And it's just like, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So, yeah, it's just trying to get involved in a conversation when he had no place to be there to begin with. Totally. Yeah. And he was always around, bro. Like, like mm -hmm. he was always at the coffee shop. He always, like, he always wanted to know my other friends. Because at this point, though, too, I had grown up with a couple people um, who when like, you know, we were in like eighth, ninth grade, they started selling, they started selling some weed. Mm -hmm. Well, by the time we were seniors, dude, like they had moved to like South Salt Lake and they were like flooding. I mean, they, this is like when, you know, <clears throat> this is crazy. dude. I can't believe we did this kind of stuff, but I mean, yeah. this is in high school, yeah. but I remember going with my homeboy, um, and these two hippies had flown in from Canada on a little plane and him <laughs> unload and I helped them unload it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, 17 years little, old. Little single engine. Yeah, it was like yeah. a Cessna or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was like, but it, it was like, it was like a little bit bigger than that. But anyways, like, you know, so I had these friends, I had a couple friends and they were really good dudes, but like, they were really into moving a lot, a lot of weed. We were really yeah. young, you know, and I, I never, I didn't get involved in that. Mm -hmm. I had my own thing going on. And, and like I said, at that point too, like, I was, even when I was younger, I was really busy with my little sister and, you know, just trying to hang on to graduate school thinking, sure. you know, I wanted to try to go to college. I didn't really know how that was going to look, um, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So yeah. that dude was always trying to like, Hey, what's he up to? Hey, what's this guy? And he, you know, and he, and he uh, kind of yeah. knew him just kind of around and he kind of hears stories. Mm -hmm. And then just from like what he would kind of hear, he would start to interject in conversations. And I'd be like, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, can you shut up? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You need to not talk yeah. about these dudes the way yeah. you're talking. You know, I knew that yeah, at an early it. age. Yeah. I knew that. Like, you just don't talk about, you don't talk about certain things. You know, and this guy, and this guy, anyways. Yeah. I made the mistake of telling him one day, like, that uh, I had taken some more tabs or something. I, I don't know. And I don't even know how it started. Mm -hmm. But he came to me one night. I remember it. Um, and I, I was working. It was like a Friday night. Maybe it was like a Saturday because we were a little bit slower on Saturdays sometimes. And he was like, hey, man, come outside and smoke with me. So I went outside, go smoke a cigarette with him. And he's like, hey, I got these Percocets, man. You want these? And I didn't know. I, I was like, what? And he threw like, these little yellow like, Perc 10s. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and they were cheap. And he was, you know, he was just trying to do it like, you know, he's trying to act like he was a drug dealer, but he was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he just wanted a way kind of in and just to be cool or whatever. But I was like, yeah, all right, dude, cool. Mm-hmm. So I got them and then I just started eating them all the time. Yeah. Right. And I started giving them like, and my girl would want some sometimes too. And mm-hmm. we both would eat them and stuff. Right. But I didn't know what it was like to be strung out on pills. Right. Until I went to Amsterdam one time. So I'm I've going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my aunt and uncle live out there. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, they live in the Netherlands. Love, love, love Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, uh, and, uh, um, sorry, I just had to have some of my coffee. Um, yeah, you good. Yeah, so, um, do you get the bulldog and all those? No, oh, yeah, yeah, at first, but that's so Americanized. Yeah, it's like a sucks. Tour, I went yeah. there. Yeah, I think it's tourist in there. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that place was. Yeah, it was garbage. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, we, you know, like the Nest Cafe was like the spot. That's kind of always been mm-hmm. my spot when I've when I've gone out there throughout the years. That's the place I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's, it's like west of Dom Circle. Okay. Um, anyways, that's um. Probably, you know, probably like two or three blocks up more in the cut. Anyway, so I didn't know, I didn't know anything about being strung out, dude, but I had been eating pills and like, so did some of the other guys I was bartending with and stuff. And so, so did some of the other people for, you know, a good year at mm-hmm. this point and I was gonna take some with me to Amsterdam but I was scared you know yeah. what I mean I didn't want to travel with these you know and this yeah. was before 9-11 too mm-hmm. and uh yeah we true we yeah we went up last time I was out there it was about a, probably about two years before 9-11 so, uh-huh. so yeah it, things weren't crazy yet <laughs> yeah not yet yeah and mm-hmm. um anyways I left them and we get out there and all of a sudden I'm sick you know I have a terrible oh, flu no and I couldn't understand it. You know, my girl's like, what's that happened going to me, on? Jason, same way. You know, yeah. And yeah, I, you know, know, I had no idea, dude, you know? And so I was just like, I don't know why I'm so sick. I don't know what's going on. Like, why did I just get the flu? And I, well, it's crazy too, because I just, I got this tattoo right here, mm-hmm. right before I went, and this green wouldn't sit, and it was like pushing out. Uh-huh. And I had to get on an antibiotic, and, you know, I thought maybe it was that, like my body's mm-hmm. reaction to it. So I had no idea. I didn't know. Sure. So, anyways, we're out there. <clears throat> And it kind of pops into my head, like, dude, maybe these pills are doing this to you. You know what I mean? Like, I had, I didn't know that you could get, like, because I always had them when I was here. Yeah, sure. I always had them sure. from that dude. Um, and at that point, too, I was maybe taking, like, one, maybe, like, two a day. But, you know, I was, like, working on these shifts. But I, I just always had them. I never, ever didn't have those, like, mm-hmm. these pain pills. So you never had to face the problem of not having them? Never. I yeah. never. Yep. Not, not at this point. Not yet, you know. So anyways, I remember going to a pharmacy with my girl at the time, and I walk into this pharmacy, dude, and I this was in, like... This is in Holland, right? Yeah, this is, in, yeah, this is okay. in Holland. I walk into this, and it says, well, it, you know, it's crazy because out there, everybody tries to sell you like heroin and coke on the street, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you can go like smoke weed and like, you know, eat mushrooms or whatever legally, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just thought like, you know, and there's like hookers like in the windows, yeah. you know, so I'm just thinking like, oh, like, oh, I'm just going to stop by this pharmacy real quick, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I go to this pharmacy. And I told the pharmacist, I said, hey, uh, I'm going to need... I'm so you're gonna, sick. So you're sick. Yeah, I'm point. sick. Okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I kind of put it together, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't really have any friends that were junkies yet. Or like, I didn't, I didn't know about this. You know, I was just, yeah. like, I was just naive, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, just super naive. No obviously. clue what you were doing with it. Just, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> all I was trying to do at that point was just like, 
work, stack money, and then um, my girl worked for Delta Airlines, so we were traveling all over the world at this point. I stepped out. He's a he's a pilot for us okay. for uh, Southwest. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That. Take all the buddy passes and do all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were just. I mean, we would. Yeah, we would go to we go to Paris to go record shopping. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And get back. You know what I mean? On a plane the next day and go do that. And so yeah, it was it was really cool at that point in my life. But mm-hmm. I remember I walked in the pharmacy and I told the pharmacist I said, hey. Uh, I'm gonna need a prescription. I, I said something so stupid, bro. I said something to him like, uh, uh, "Hey, I'm gonna need 20 Percocets or something like that." And he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna need a doctor's note, dumbass." You know? And I was like, what? "He said it just like that." Yeah, he was so he was super pissed because he was just like, "All you Americans." He's like, "Every day I get dumb Americans coming here and think that you come and buy a pill." I didn't know, you know. I was like, "Oh, dude, yeah. sorry, man." You know, he's like, "Get out of here," you know, like kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, was like gonna chase us off or whatever. So. Whatever. That was like my first. That was like my first um, like inclination of like, okay, like this sucks. You know what I mean? Being dependent on these pills. So I didn't take anything, and I got feeling better. And I got back from there, and I had you know I probably had thirty or forty of them at home. And so I got back, and I ate some. How many some. Were, you, were you taking a day before you went to Amsterdam? You know, I want to say like, I want to say a couple, but I don't think that's true. I think. I, it, I took a lot. I yeah, remember. I think, well, just in this in, in this part, like, before I knew about getting, like, sick from it, mm-hmm. I was probably on, like, you know, a small amount, maybe, like, seven or eight perk tens a day, okay. you know? Um, but I just had, like, this endless supply, and I just never <laughs> went without, you never know what I mean? Never an issue. Right? I never had to. And they just kept me so energized, you know what I'm saying? So, like... Hey, you can do anything. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Anything. That was... That's why my, my hip... It, you know, it was so bad off because all the years we were doing heroin and taking opioids, like I was just bypassing. Like it's been, it was messed up for a while, yeah. but I was always taking some kind of painkiller, heroin, yeah. opioids, whatever. And so I never really had to deal with it until I got sober. Right. Then it caught up with me. Yeah, that sucks <laughs> too, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that so gnarly? Like, yeah. It's crazy to see you in a wheelchair and have to know that, like, yeah, you're having to do this, like, you know, differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. so crazy. Now, I man. did, yeah. I, I, I did um, the fir- the first hip sh- surgery I had. I did no painkillers, nothing. Wow! And recovered just fine. But then when I broke my femur last month, um, you know, when I got to the hospital, I they, they had to cut my pants off and everything. Yeah. Um, it was just a nasty break. Yeah. And um, I told the lady, I said, "Listen, I don't take painkillers, yada yada yada." And I'm ne- I'll never forget her. Nancy Zellis looking at me. She's like. It's not time to be a hero right now. Right. You know, you, she goes, you will not get through this. I said, okay. So I, that night, I had surgery the next morning, but that night I was taking, they were giving me morphine. Mm. And it actually helped me sleep. It got me to the surgery. Mm. Did the surgery, stopped it. Mm-hmm. You know, just took it for one day. And, you know, it's... Wow. Yeah. Because I was, I was, I felt okay doing it because I was under their care. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. they weren't going to write me a prescription for lore tabs or anything like that. Yeah. You know? And I, I take Suboxone. So, mm-hmm. you know, would have been a waste of time anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, totally. But, um, yes, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, that's dope. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's, it's wild to hear about, like, how people can do a major surgery like that now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a broken femur and then you took it for one day. Yeah. You know, like... Because that's the spot we're at now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's how you and I and, like, you know, millions of other people have to be now, dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because, like, you don't know anything about being responsible <laughs> when it comes to this kind of no, shit, you know? <laughs> um, so, anyways, I, I came back, right? And um, it, at this point, I saved up a bunch of money, and um, I wanted to open up my first skateboard shop. So, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and things were going really well. You know, I was, I was working a ton though, just mm-hmm. a ton, a ton, a ton. And one day I'd heard about Oxycontins, but I didn't know I hadn't taken any yet or anything. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't know all about it or anything yet. And so, I mean, my, my story is just like everybody else's pretty much, you know what sure, I mean? Like, sure. If you were around in like the early 2000s doing drugs, yeah, this is like what happened to you, dude. You I know? lived, I lived in Florida, um, the, from about 2008 mm. to 2011, mm. that's when the whole pill mill thing was going on. Yeah. Like you could go see 10 doctors in a day and it wouldn't matter because it didn't, they didn't have the system that would, you know, the double or whatever they called it, mm. that would keep up with how many scripts you're getting. So, I mean, I had friends, a buddy of mine that would come down from Boston. Yeah. Um, he yeah. Came, once a month and he would see like 10 doctors go back up to, to Boston with these right. Rocky 30s, sell so for 25 bucks a piece. Right. Sure. Yeah, amazing. Like, sure. Yeah, that was going on for sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, this kid had one one time, and he came in and he's like, "Hey, you want to buy this for me?" And I, I was like, "No." And I was like, "But like, I'll buy a piece of it." You know what I mean? I was like, "I'll try a piece of one, dude." Mm-hmm. Took a piece of one. <clears throat> went to the movies that night with my girl and her friend. I got all sick and I was throwing up stuff. And I was like, oh, "I'll never do this again." Yeah. But I remembered how high it got me, you know. And so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, a few days later, when he came through, bought it again. And then I was just, I, I, I just was started taking them. And I can't remember if I was doing like Coke at this point yet. I mean, I know that I had seen it and I was still mm-hmm. like, but I mean like right in my, you know, pretty early twenties, probably like 22 or so, I started doing like a lot of Coke, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of pills, you know, and then yep. like 23. And then uh, like my dad died mm-hmm. um, and that was really, really hard for me. I really loved my dad, you know, sure. he was, he was what he was. He was just a, you know, like he, he tried his best Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he really did, dude. Like I don't know. I think he kind of got like <clears throat> kind of got a bad rap on some things. Sure. But as far as like when it came to his kids, like he loved us like the best way that he could. You know. Um, sure. So that was really hard for me, dude. And I kind of sunk lower into it. Started doing more. Mm-hmm. And then my aunt died. Um, like I mean, right after. Um, really. You no, know, let's. Yeah, she died right after he did. Um, <clears throat> And then I was really super close with my uncle, my uncle buddy, just loved him so much. He got cancer mm-hmm. at the time, right when my dad was dying and he went to chemo and the chemo killed him. So my whole side of the family yeah. got wiped out mm-hmm. all within like nine months, dude. They were wow. gone, you know? Wow. And that side of the family is the only side of the family I've ever known. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. like, like, I mean, I always have like a lot of problems with my mom. My mom was just real gnarly. She wasn't like the kind of mom that's like gonna give you hugs and tell you she loves you. Sure. And, like. She didn't care. Like she's never, I don't know what, whatever. Like we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> like you know what I mean. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I don't know. Like I've never really thought about it before, Keith. But mm-hmm. like probably like that's when shit like really started to get dark for me. You were twenty three. Yeah, I was about twenty three. Okay. okay. Um, just opened up my first skate shop. Still bartending here in Salt Lake. In Ogden. Ogden. Yeah, it was my first one. Yeah, I was in Ogden. Um, and like, yeah, I remember getting to a point and I remember telling myself, like, if you, if you eat another one of these, mm-hmm. you're going to be hooked on this dude. And you're net, and this is something like, so you knew eaten. just from being going over to Europe. I mean, you knew what, what wrong from. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. By this point, yeah, I had already, that. oh yeah. Yep. By this point I'd already gone, I'd been, I've gone through withdrawals, sure. you know what I mean? I'd sure. skip really far ahead, you know what I mean? But yeah, mm-hmm. obviously, you know what I mean? Obviously those, you know, having pills all the time that runs out. I don't really, yep. get, I don't really yeah. care who you are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like drugs run out, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, they, they come and go, you know? Yep. So I had known all about it and whatever, but I, I remember, I remember thinking, 
to the point like, dude, this is going to be something that's going to kick your ass, dude. Like this, this is going to take you down if you, if you do this. And I was just like, whatever, I don't care. You know, I just had a really, I had a real bad attitude. Like I just had like an attitude of indifference, dude, sure. about everything. I just, I don't know. It's weird. Like, you know, like people, like, I don't know if you've ever been to the thing, like, like where you just want to be like left alone and you know sure. that people care about you, but you're like, just mind your own business. dude. Yeah. Like I hated people talking about me. I've always oh, hated fuck, that. Yeah. I just can't. And I don't know why it bothers me so bad and it still surprises me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I guess it just makes for good gossip. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when you, especially when I got strung out on drugs, then it was like, oh, look oh, at Miles. Yeah. Like oh, it yeah. just kind of felt like all like eyes were on me because like, you know, I was this young dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I had a, I had a couple skate shops now. I had people working for me. I had a really good skate team. I was doing a lot of stuff in the community. I was like, you know, sure. I was pretty known, you know, for, for that. And just like always just kind of, I don't know, man, just doing a lot of stuff. I just, I, you know, I traveled the world a lot and I, you know, we, we vacation in, 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 uh, in Maui. We had our, this mm-hmm. little place on a flower farm. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. doing that at a young age. So I think like, when I started to go down with all the drugs, like with all the pills and the coke and everything, I think like, you know, you know, it felt like some people were like, really like, yeah, yeah, good, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, this dude sucks, you know, like, <laughs> I'm glad, you know, and that's how yeah. I felt. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm tripping, dude, maybe it wasn't like that, but that's how it felt, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, dude, you know, I get real, real bad, real strung out, um, get fired from my job, mm-hmm. um, I closed up the shop, the last one, just, it was just too much. And I sure. just, I couldn't handle it, dude. Like I just was going to have like, I was getting ready to break, dude, Sure. you know, and I just closed it up and sold off the stuff, um, that I had had. And then, um, yeah, I was just lost, you know, mm-hmm. I was just lost. So this other bar came to me and they made me this huge offer to come work for them. Really? Yeah. To come run their club because I had. I knew a lot of people at that time, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I, I got this, this club, I got them to be like a, an official, um, destination of, um, like Sundance film festival, mm-hmm. like their after parties, you know what I mean? So I got yeah. really involved in that kind of stuff, which was, you know, it's so easy to get like wrapped up in that kind of bullshit oh, yeah. life. Dude. It sucks you right in. Totally. You know what right I mean? Cause it's like, it's like fake people. It's tons of drugs. It's way too much money. I'm still like mm-hmm. a young man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just like not caring, dude. You know what I mean? And by this point, like, you know, I got married. We bought our first house. Mm-hmm. I got I got rid of the shop. I got fired from that one job, and I took this other job. Mm-hmm. And this place was just like the den of inequity, dude. It was like, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy, dude. The owner was just such a just cokehead and so into pills and like yeah and chicks and like so we were just <laughs> yeah and you know people like equate like success to like money or like yep i don't know i don't really know dude i don't know because i i've never really equated like success to money i mean i guess i did when i was younger i just didn't really care i just knew that i needed to work a lot and i needed to save money mm-hmm. like that was all like my kind of thing when i was younger sure um then when I was older, I was just like, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, literally my drug habit. Um, so at this point, when I go on this other bar, it's five Oxycontins 
and an eight ball a day. This is just to get by. This is not. I this wasn't getting just high. Get going in the morning. This is just. Yeah. This is just to be uh, off sick. You know what I'm saying? So that's. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that's that's two hundred and fifty dollars exactly. in oxycotton's right there, and then you know wow. another hundred and twenty in coke. That's every day. That was just to be normal, right? Yeah. So we're not even talking about all the drinks that I have in between mm -hmm. that. Um, we're not talking about the extra drugs I've done. Top of that to get high. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, there was there was days, man. You know, I mean, you know, literally, you know, where I remember doing, you know, like twelve to 50, like fifteen oxycotton eighties. You know what I mean? And there's, I mean, there's just yeah. no, like, that's just crazy, bro. Because, yeah. you know, one of those is like made for like somebody who's dying of cancer, bro. Yeah. It's just like riddled in their brain and like, they're just kind of like, kind of like how now uh, Dilaudid, for example, unless yeah. you're dying from cancer, you're not getting Dilaudid. Right. You know? Right. Right. And, um, I know that came on a little later, but, uh, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying about, about in April a day, this and that, like, yeah. like, yeah, it sucks. You get to the point where, like, for me, it's like, no matter how much heroin I did, I'm not going to feel any different. I'm just not going right. to be sick. Right. And, and the, the fear of being sick is what kept it going. Yeah, dude, you're right, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? To wake up every day, like, being terrified. Dude, like, how am I going to do this? How am I, like, because you can't work. You can't do anything. Like, life is on hold. And I, I dude, I didn't know what to do. Like, I had no idea about, like, treatment. I hadn't really had friends that had gone into treatment or done anything like that. So, <clears throat> I tried going to the methadone clinic, you know. Um, and that really just turned out to be, like, doing methadone and other drugs. Sure. I was still doing coke and pills and stuff, you know. Yep. But I thought maybe, like, in my mind, maybe it was going to slow it down or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. But uh, I know I was on that shit for five years of my life, dude. And I traveled in some of those years too and I have to like go guest dose at places and do it was just, it was terrible but mm -hmm. anyways that's that dude so I guess I thought maybe if I got on methadone this was gonna it was gonna solve my problems or something mm -hmm. and sure. maybe I would start cutting back whatever but I didn't I wasn't going to any groups I wouldn't I didn't I didn't know yeah. anything like the, the counselors, the methadone clinic, they suck. They weren't really counselors. They didn't really they didn't you know, <laughs> know. what I mean? They yeah. were just like some exactly. staff. They were just like some cutty people yeah. like who didn't it was just gnarly, yeah, dude. It was just garbage. Yeah. It was just such garbage, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I knew that I wanted to get clean. I knew that I needed help. And, dude, in, in this time, too, I mean, I was so into my addiction. I was such a bad husband, dude. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was cheating a lot. I was always on drugs. I was so lying about the money. You didn't give a shit. You didn't give a I didn't give a shit, yeah. dude, at mm -hmm. all. I did. I did about her. I did feel really bad, dude. I did. I'm, I got to be honest. Like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I did feel bad. I felt terrible, actually. I, and I, I, this is like the first time I can remember that I started like really hating myself, right? Mm -hmm. And um, because that's a thing that, that was like a re, that's been like a reoccurring thing in my life, you know what I mean? And it never really happened until like I was, <clears throat> you know, until the drugs ran out, mm -hmm. and then you find heroin. It's cheaper. It was cheaper. It was easier a, to get. It was a lot easier to get. <laughs> that's just crazy. That's the insane part about heroin. It's like, you, you think pills, okay, pharmacies have pills. Mm. But then, like, you don't realize until you start doing heroin, like, how you can get it any time, any day, doesn't matter when. Right. Like, it's, it's always available. And then right. just one more thing that sucks even deeper into it, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's, and, yeah. And it's, I mean, I saw some good people get taken out. Oh, yeah. 
on, on that shit, dude. You know what I mean? We yeah. all have. And it, it's crazy to think. Like, I mean, I would run into... Um, I'd come down here to Salt Lake and buy it. Mm-hmm. And I would run into, like, friends of mine or people I knew from the bar or whatever doing mm-hmm. the same thing, and they just looked terrible. And I was like, God, these guys are horrible. Not even thinking, like, so you, bro. Like, yeah. you look crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're just going to go home and try to pretend and lie to your wife that you're not... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I did that. So... I guess like we kind of looked for some rehabs and stuff, but we didn't really know how to go about it. Sure. And I was in bad, bad, bad shape at this point. And my friend, um, have you done heroin yet, or just yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, no, so, no, so I was into heroin. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So I made that transition. I don't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping around. No, no, no. That, that's fine. I don't okay. want to just drag it out too no, long for anybody listening to you or whatever. Your story's <laughs> awesome. Keep it going. So like, yeah. So I'd made that jump, you know, totally to heroin. Um, you know, um, you know, heroin, crack, yep. um, crystal meth, all of it. I mean, it's just, yeah, I was, I was, God, dude, I was so, I was so strung out. So that kid I told you about mm-hmm. who was, who we unloaded that plane and we, <laughs> yeah. he calls me up, right? And, and we just always been like best friends <clears throat> and he's doing really well for himself, mm-hmm. right? So at this point he owns this beautiful farm and they just grow like a lot of marijuana and they grow for dispensaries out there and it's still like you know 10 12 years ago it still wasn't legal it's still not federally like regulated but yeah. you could still grow it you know what i mean yeah. he had yeah. this thing like where it, it was just crazy so he's like hey man he was like why don't you come out to san francisco like we'll party this weekend we'll hang out mm-hmm. and so i went out there to the pretense we we're just gonna party you know sure so we did it the first night we went out and he doesn't do anything he doesn't even like really drink dude he just kind of like he just smoked pot you know yeah he's just always been that dude it's crazy yeah so oh, yeah. he was pretty mellow like i remember he had a couple shots or something i think he even bought like a bottle of patron and he was like walking around with that or something. i don't even know why but <laughs> we did that we went tour up san francisco for a little bit mm-hmm. and uh I mean, you know, I mean, in San Francisco, it was crazy because I woke up. It's so different. I woke up on that Saturday, yeah, and uh, I was like, I need some shit. And I knew. I mean, San Francisco, you can just go get it. It's not a, it's not a big yeah. deal. There's no other city in the nation like San Francisco. Really? There's nothing, dude. Really? There is no, so I ended up living. Yeah, so I'll get into that. But, like, there's no, I mean, dude, I've lived all over the country now mm-hmm. and have been around the world, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I got to, San you know, I got Francisco, to DJ. No I, got to, I got to DJ in a. Japan for six months one time. Uh, I started my home base was Kyoto, and I would go all around the country DJing. You know what I mean? Well, speaking, I, oh, speaking of San Fran, sorry to cut yeah, you off, but no. um, one of the guys from down south that I used to, um, you know, sell heroin for, he we got arrested together at the same time. Yeah. Except for he was a block away, and they still grabbed us at the same exact time. Yeah. Because we were just money product going back and forth, back and forth. Right. It took them a minute, but they tied it all together eventually. Yeah. But so. We got out of jail, and then I didn't hear from him. He called me three months after that mm-hmm. just to say hi, and that he was in San Francisco making more money than he could have ever imagined making in Salt Lake. Could ever imagine, you know. And, and the heroin market in Salt Lake at the time was—I mean, it was moving, it was good, right? You know. But he said San Francisco. He said it just—it's like that, but it's on a whole another level, you know. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like, um, so, like, I remember waking up that next day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta go get some. I gotta go get some stuff, and. I knew right where to go, you know, mm-hmm. and come to find out it's at the bottom of the T all the tenderloin and they call it the shooting gallery. Mm-hmm. And it's right by the police station and they don't give a shit. If that really? junkies can come and go, people are smoking crack. 
People yeah. are banging dope, dude. It's right by the yeah. needle exchange. They don't give mm-hmm. a shit as long as like they try to keep it contained. I was like, there's yeah. no way this is going. And oh yeah, it's going on like that in San Francisco. Oh yeah, dude. Because mm-hmm. that that that's a gnarly ass city, dude. Like you got to really like yeah. <laughs> anyway, so get I get I get well and stuff and mm-hmm. do my thing and then it's we party that night like that day and night eat a bunch of food go out and like <clears throat> hang out do some cool stuff and then that Sunday he's like hey man. Um, we picked up his other friend from the airport mm-hmm. and he was like, Hey, I want to go check on my farm. We're going to go, we're going to head up North mm-hmm. up to grass Valley. And I was like, all right, cool, dude. Grass and Valley is what they call it. Not, grass Valley is like, it's mm-hmm. in Northern California. So mm-hmm. it's by like, by like Eureka. Yeah. All that there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, Humboldt, all that. It's yep. all, they call it like the green triangle. So mm-hmm. that's where it is. Yeah. So I was like, all right, word. So this, I didn't really put it together, but I knew something was up when we stopped at this general store. And he was like, what does everybody need? I was like, I don't need anything and whatever. And he's like, well, do you need smokes or anything? And I was like, uh, sure, dude. Like, and he hates cigarettes. He's this always- the same guy? Same guy, oh, yeah, yeah this is my guy. friend. And we're getting ready to head north, right? Go check out his farm. So he comes back with a carton of smokes. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, these are for you, dude, here you go. And I was like, what? You know, like, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. I just thought it was really weird because yeah. he hates cigarettes. So anyways, we drive. About two hours. It's beautiful. Just beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful country. We get to his farm, dude. And he had never done it justice. He had never explained how beautiful this place really was. Like, mm-hmm. how this house... You know, it's like an old rambler. Like, whatever. Sure. Um, but it's sitting on, like, like, 32 acres. You know, and then right in the back, you know, it's the outdoor grove. There's probably... Just outdoor right there, mm-hmm. there was probably about, you know, I don't know, maybe like a thousand plants. Okay. Right? And there's choppers flying by all the time. And they, he has like these like <clears throat> kind of weird tarps on. So you can see them because they, yeah. they know that people are growing up there. Yeah. So sure. you can totally grow up there because they know that they have each person in the house <clears throat> just puts their, their card together. Yeah. That's how they're getting away with it at the time. And then, you know, each person can have 32 plans by themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys are living here yeah. right now, even though they're not. You know what I'm saying? But like, that <laughs> yeah. was like how they would kind of get away with that shit. Yeah, yeah. And then, then they have their whole indoor operation. Mm-hmm. So I went and I started touring the land and there was like all these tough sheds. And it's like where people are trimming and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. So anyways, I thought it was really cool. I start walking up the hill and he's standing up at the top. <clears throat> I'll never forget this, bro. And he's got my bag and he throws it out. And he's like, you're staying here, dude. He's like, don't say anything. I'll beat your ass, Miles. And he, he beat my ass. Well, he, dude, he knew how bad I was on heroin, how strung out I was. Uh-huh. And it was, I wasn't, this is a farm, dude. This is a weed farm. Sure. There was sure. nothing going on. Yeah. They weren't even doing, they, they, there was no drugs allowed up there. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's like, dude, I've already talked to your wife. I've already talked to everybody. Everybody knows, dude. He's like, you're staying here. He's like, you're, you're coming. He's like, you're getting clean, bro. And I was like, what? No, you can't do, you know what I mean? I was so mm-hmm. scared. He's like, dude, I don't care. He's mm-hmm. like, we've all had it. And we're all just tired of worrying about you dying, dude. Because you know what I mean? Like at this point I'd overdosed and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I mean, it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible shape, you know? Oh yeah. This is like the real dark. How did, this how, is, how did you feel like that, your first instinct when you, you know, when you said we're not going anywhere, were you like, this isn't happening? <laughs> yeah, I was, I really just felt like I need to get high. I really yeah. just need to, I needed to like, Something to take the edge off. <laughs> yeah, like I needed to get back to the city anyways because mm-hmm. I needed to get 
I needed to get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I didn't bring anything with me or mm-hmm. like anything like that. And he was just like, "Dog, nah, dude, like you're staying here." He's like, "I'm, I'm." Go-. I was like, "I'm leaving." <clears throat> He's like, "I'll see you in a month or two, dude." I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, dude. And you couldn't go anywhere, bro. Like, yeah. And he's my best friend, dude. You know what I mean? He's very yeah. successful at what he's doing. And he loves me. And I mm-hmm. knew it was the right thing. I knew it. Sure, sure. But I didn't want to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm standing on this farm with all these hippies, <laughs> trimming all this weed. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And he's just like, I love you, dude. I'll see you later. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And so this was like a time, dude, where I looked all around and it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, it's so beautiful up there. And it was so peaceful. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when I was younger, like, I, I, I don't really talk about this yet too much, but, like, sure. um, you know, I was a, I was an altar boy. Like, I'm Greek Orthodox. And uh, okay. I always took that, like, really serious. Um, I always really liked that, you know. My family, my mom was just, like, she didn't care. Like, I don't, I don't even know why. I think, like, my, my grandfather was Romanian Orthodox, and we tried that church, and mm-hmm. we got baptized. But I ended up really loving it, you know. Sure. And it's weird because church for me was always, like, a place where I've just always been able to be calm. It's the mm-hmm. weirdest thing, dude, because yeah. I'm always bouncing. I'm always, like, kind of tripping out. I'm always, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just, I'm just, that's just how I am. That's mm-hmm. just, you know. But in church, dude, in the Orthodox church, I could always just, like, calm down. You know what I'm saying? And it was okay. Like, things were okay, mm-hmm. right? So I'm up on this land, and I'm just like, oh, this is beautiful. I was like, this is like, okay, God, like, yeah, we got some work to do, right? Yeah. So, so I just kind of, I kind of prayed, and, uh, dude, that was the easiest coming off of drugs I've ever had. Really? Yeah, I mean, and I was such a junkie. I mean, I had been going so hard at this point for about seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. With no break, mm-hmm. you know, heroin, crack, um, any, yeah, like you said, anything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those were like my two, you know what I'm saying? And, and when I got to San Francisco too, mm-hmm. um, they were selling Oxycontin 80s for $20, $25. So, wow. so you got to, so, you know, and I still had a problem, you know, so I went there, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Anyway, get up there, dude. And I just worked. I just went on the farm and I worked for like, like a month and a half mm-hmm. and it was dope. You yeah. know what I mean? I kicked it and, uh. Um, yeah, dude, it, it was crazy, you know, but I, I really got into like, I don't know, like praying and like not, I didn't really even understand to what, you know what I'm saying? But I've always really been into like, um, like what they were doing up there, they were like waking up and giving thanks every day. And like, mm-hmm. um, they were really into like Eastern philosophy up there. You know what I mean? I've always really dug that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? The spiritual aspect of anything. Um, I always thought it was tight, you know what I mean? And I don't know if like you ever got to this point, like, mm-hmm. but like when you're so like, when you like for me, dude, I was so low down and I was so far out that I had to have faith in something. Sure. Have you ever been there? Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, like when you go to jail or like when you, when I don't know if you're you got to have something now. We well, got to have something. Yeah. Dude, you know what I mean? Yep. And it makes sense that all these guys like, find you know they find something in there because you you got to bro mm-hmm. because if you don't have like some sort of faith or some sort of hope you know what i mean that yep. it's gonna get better mm-hmm. that you're gonna be lifted up right you're you can't yep. dude you're yep. jumping off the tier mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like yep. so <clears throat> um anyways man i was up there for a long time mm-hmm. saved up some dough i was getting divorced now 
at this point really hurt me, dude. It was really, really hard for me. Because oh, yeah. I really loved her, dude. We were together for 18 years, you know what I mean? But, I mean, it was, it was obviously the right thing to do. I had treated her, I, you know, I... You know, I cheated on her. I does that yeah. stuff. I was going to say I treated her bad. I mean, we never, it was, you know, it was crazy, dude. In all that time, I think we had like three or four fights in all those years. Yeah. We never screamed at each other. We never yelled at each other. I was never going to be in a relationship like mm-hmm. my parents had. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we never did that. But that was really, really hard for me, dude. But anyways, I moved to San Francisco, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> dumb, dumbass move, right? Like with all this money, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm up <clears throat> trimming weed for like <laughs> two months in the mountains. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? I, I, I came down that mountain with like, you know, n- no joke, a little bit over 20 grand. No shit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go and get an apartment <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, dude, I'm making a total change. Yeah. Still own the house here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I came back, did some stuff, whatever, <clears throat> saw this girl, um, who I'd known forever. I worked at the bar with her forever, and I went to I actually was in night classes, but we were stayed with her mom. Um, saw her, hung out with her for a couple days, whatever, um, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to San Francisco. I'm changing my life. I just want to be around art, and I want I want a second chance, dude. You know what I mean to do this? And like, you know, like, oh, here's the best thing ever. Move between <laughs> ninth, it new move on ninth between Mission and Market. So I was in the cut, dude. Like yeah. I was in the cuttiest part of San Francisco. I'm right at the bottom of the Tenderloin. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know anything about San Francisco, dude, like, you know, like, I tell people I live there, they're like, damn, dude, like, how long does this go? Like, how long do you want, like, how long uh, do you want I, to I was going to say, um, let's actually take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And, uh, bathroom break, and I'll cool. be back in just a minute. Cool. back on the big things by nine podcast my name is keith we're sitting here with my good friend uh miles who's has a uh, incredible story so far so i think you, you left off you were back in san francisco yeah okay let's go from there um so <laughs> <clears throat> that was crazy that, that was a really crazy time for me because mm-hmm. um i i had decided like you know like i was getting divorced um i was totally heartbroken um but i i got so, so you know somewhat sober um while i was up there like on that farm you know i was sober how long um, were you up there the whole the whole time like <laughs> you're up there um, man huh? 
Yeah, almost like a whole season, dude. So yeah. you know, a good few months. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I was, I was away from everybody. Like no phone. Fo- like but you enjoyed it though. I mean, you I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you get Just up every quiet. morning. Yeah. You know, give thanks. You know, there was like Wi-Fi and all these like little tough sheds, and I would just sit there with a bunch of hippies and trim weed. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I've never been around like. Yeah, <clears throat> I've been around it a little bit with a couple of my lot, friends. Bro. You learned a lot. I did. I learned how to just kind of too like, <clears throat> just like settle down, dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. while I was up there, I was just like learning how to just like chill out, you know, and mm-hmm. like kind of interact with other people. Being sober is really hard, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you know when you're when I'm used to like being just completely hammered all the time, you know, just, and I was so, so strong out, man. I was mm-hmm. s- such bad shape. Um, but everybody made it really comfortable for me. You know what I mean? And he told him, my good friend told him, um, you know, this is the deal with this guy. Um, he's going to come live here for a few months. He's going to get clean. Mm-hmm. He's going to work. Um, this is how it is. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's I just, really, you know, it's, I look back at like points in my life where I was in a similar situation and yeah. and there's nothing worse than somebody saying, no, this is what you're going to do. There's nothing, you know, I will beat your ass before I let you out of here. Totally. You know? And it's like sometimes that's what people like us need. Totally. Because we, we've been doing our, our thing for so long right. and it doesn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, you really just got to try something else. Yeah, totally. And I, I needed that, dude. I sure. knew it too. I knew that I needed that. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I was screaming for help and I didn't know how to do it. And this was just like the way that he knew how. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. And he told people sure. like, yeah, I'm kidnapping him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, Let I'm your leaving family Because like, there's not like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go walk 35 miles. To, yeah. I have no idea where I am. You can call it lift. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, yeah. And there is no like wandering around up there. I don't know if you, if you're very familiar Um <clears throat> With anything, you watch any doc. It's crazy. There's tons of documentaries uh-huh. about stuff now, but like yeah. that's the place you don't go wandering, dude. No. no. Like I remember one day. This is crazy. Like we <laughs> we were downstairs. Or we were down this hill. Mm-hmm. There's this big, huge incline. Like growing all down there, and there was like you know these grow rooms and like the 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 drying room and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, I'm down on the mountain. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember doing something. Mm-hmm. Maybe moving stuff over like to the to the like where we dried everything mm-hmm. um, and I hear this this screaming this is crazy screaming and I look up and it's one of his partners butt naked with a shotgun dude <laughs> running to the gate because the power guy had gone up there to check the power meters mm-hmm. dude they all know they know oh, yeah. you don't go on anybody's property up there you don't yeah. you schedule bro it's just like shot. people yeah, yeah people kill each other up there. i had no idea about yeah. any of this kind of stuff dude mm-hmm. until i would sit around and i'd be working and <clears throat> there'd be like some other people that were like yeah this is like the best farm in the world like you know like they, they would tell mm-hmm. me horror stories up there about you know trimming getting paid like you know 20 bucks an hour or something but they're like you know, staying in some tent and there's people oh, yeah. guns around and like, dude, it sounds horrible. You know, like, yeah. and here, you know, at least like my homeboy, like, you know, I had, a, I stayed in the house, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I wasn't sleeping in a tent, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it were was people, like, were <clears throat> people on that property sleeping in tents or everybody was in the house? You know, um, it was, it's a, it was a big operation, but everybody knew everybody, you know, at sure. least, at least they knew it wasn't just no. like it wasn't just like it's crazy because you'll drive up there <clears throat> there'll be people sitting on the side of the road like 
will trim for money and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just like cop, you know, or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people hire those kind of people for those farms. Mm -hmm. um, there was none of that going on. Everybody knew. So there was a lot of people from like, um, like New England um, and stuff that were out there. They had, you know, they had all been friends and gone to like, I think um, one of his partners, when he graduated from, um, oh God, I, I don't remember, somewhere in New York, uh, mm -hmm. I think like, like NYU, um, in the arts, they had all kind of met together. And so it, it was kind of a journey for a lot of these people, like a lot of these hippies, sure. a lot of people that had like their stuff together, they would take this time of the year off and just go sit. And it was rad because yeah. you just, all you did was listen to reggae music and go yeah. give weed haircuts and yep. just be nice to each other. Weed haircuts. All That's all it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy, dude. So, um, you know, so there was a lot of really nice people on that farm, you know, and I, I, I want to say, some of them had, uh, some of the people from like New England might have had a motor home that they let on the property and they might have stayed in that. And then there was like a side house too. I know some people stayed in that, but yeah, for the most part, it was like me and like four other guys that stayed in the house. <clears throat> um, we just stayed like downstairs. Like, I don't know what they were doing. Like what upstairs, like their business part, whatever, nobody ever went up there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, dude, that was like, it was like three months of, that you know and i remember you know it's crazy is the world series was going on that year and uh i was so stoked on baseball at the time mm -hmm. um and i think that was the year that san francisco yeah that was the year that san francisco won the world series like the first world series they won i think they won like two in a row or something like mm -hmm. back to back um and watching it up there and being totally sober and it was like the first time i'd ever like yeah. watch any kind of sporting anything <laughs> and been like really into it you know what i'm saying yeah, oh, yeah. and like everybody out there was way into it because it was like you know everybody out there is either like rooting for oakland or san francisco and it, it was cool dude yeah. it was cool like whatever so um yeah i did that dude um <clears throat> yeah and i moved to san francisco thinking i'm just gonna have this awesome start like this restart mm -hmm. yeah um you know, and honestly, dude, it was, it was like the raddest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I put myself in some really dangerous situations though. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because of my addiction, sure. um, you know, I went there clean, but I went there with a ton of money dude, and people were selling drugs all around, but oh, I, 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 yeah. I managed to stay clean for a little bit. Um, and I had put my resume in, this is so nuts, dude. <laughs> While we were partying one night, I was like, man, I knew I was going to get divorced and stuff. And it was, this is like when, I almost said his name, but my homeboy came and like before he um, <clears throat> dropped me off on the mountain, we had partied one night at this like really cool bar. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I had told these guys like, hey, I tend bar in Utah. I'm a really good bartender. I'd love to come work for you. And they knew him really well. And they're like, yeah, dude, you ever come back? Like, come do it. Well, anyways, I saw those guys when I had been clean, I just moved to the city and I was like, Hey, um, this, this dude named Lyndon C. He was a really famous DJ from London. He was running this club, but what it was, is it was over on a, like the Fillmore district. So like where it bends over on 16th street and it kind of ends and then it like market stops and then it, it rolls around to the Fillmore district. It's really weird. It's like mm. really weird how it's set up. It was a bar over there. And it was all blacked out. No windows, no sign, no nothing, dude. You know? <clears throat> Anyways, I had gone and seen him. And I'd probably been living there about, I don't know, seven, eight days. Mm -hmm. I was downstairs doing my laundry and I get a call. And it's like 9 o'clock at night. And it's like, hey, you ready to come to work? And I was <laughs> like, what, dude? I couldn't understand. He had such a, like, a heavy British accent. Mm -hmm. He's like, are you not you going to go dinner and all? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he hangs up on me. I'm like, what is that, dude? So I go back to fold and I'm like, oh, I was like, oh shit, that's Lyndon. You know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I got to call this guy back. 
So like, oh, it doesn't answer. I keep calling. And it's like right, <laughs> so crazy. It's like right before Christmas, probably like five or six days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Lynn, I didn't know it was you, dude. Like, of course I want to be there. He's like, be here in 20 minutes, dude. Grab all my laundry, <laughs> get in a cab, <clears throat> get over there. And I go to work in this place, dude. And it was the craziest bar you've ever really? been to. Dude, it was like beautiful inside. It had like it was like the biggest bar I'd ever worked in. And all it was, it was me and these two Russian models behind the bar, right? And they were beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. And they didn't do anything the whole night. And I was so pissed, bro, because I was working so hard. But I was getting like And they get the tips. <laughs> well, check it out, bro. Like that was their deal. Like, you know, I was just the, you know, hey dummy, go make the drinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, you know, I get there, I'm like pissed. I'm like, dude, like, why, why aren't you girls doing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm I'm serving drinks and I'm getting like twenty dollar tips for a bottle of water and you know what I mean mm-hmm. and all the dudes like oh, dude I got the craziest story I could tell you <laughs> but anyways <clears throat> the end of that night we're counting mm-hmm. tips and I was just like you know I'm thinking like man these girls suck you know I hate like what am I gonna do about this <laughs> well anyways you know I work from like I don't know like ten o'clock at night till like three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. you know what I mean like nine hundred bucks mm-hmm. all those girls did was just sit there and hit on the rich dudes. And then the gay dudes would just come up to me and like order their drinks. Yeah. I didn't know, dude. I was dumb. You yeah. know what I mean? I didn't know what was going on. I didn't care. I don't care what anybody like. Yeah. That's their business, dude. You know what I'm saying? So those girls made so much money just standing around. I loved them. Like instantly, <laughs> I was like, you guys are my yep. favorite, dude. Yeah. You know? So, uh. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and through that, the second night I worked there, this really like sharp dressed older dude would come get bottles of water and he was giving me like 20, $50 tips each time. It was crazy. Then he started giving me these tickets, right? And we're slammed. We're slammed, dude. Uh-huh. It's almost Christmas time. And uh, I'm like, what are these tickets? And, and I put them behind the bar. And every time he comes up, he hand me these like little yellow tickets. And the bar back stops like, dude, where are you getting these from? I was like, oh, that's that guy right there. I was like, I don't even know what these are. He's like, dude, those are for the end up. And the end up is like the first... <clears throat> real like kind of disco gay bar that was open in San Francisco. It was opened by Donna Summers mm-hmm. in like the like the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's just world famous for like DJs come through there. It's this little sure. tiny place. But anyways, with this ticket, you know, it's your, it's your, to get in the bar that I worked at, it was a hundred dollar cover. Right. Really? Like, let's just say that like right off the yeah. rip. You couldn't okay. get in there. It was a hundred bucks to get in there. But what that meant was People would do anything in there they wanted to and not have to worry about police and stuff. So there was like famous people that would come in there and like stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was just it was just wild, dude. But anyways, yeah. this kid's like, man, those are for the end up. <clears throat> I was like, I don't know what the hell the end up is. And he kind of tells me, he's like, we're going. We're going tonight. And I was like, all right, dude. So we get off work and it's like <clears throat> four o'clock in the morning. And he <laughs> takes me over. He, he calls his wife and they just had a newborn kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling him, like, look, there's this, this dude just moved here. He's tending bar. He's he's pretty cool dude. I'm just going to kind of show him around. I'm going to take him to the end up site. And I remember his wife screaming out. I could hear, like, you're not going to the gate. You know, you're not going to the end up. What are you, you know, he's just like, no, 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 chill out, chill out, you know. <clears throat> Anyways, we get over there and there's a line, dude. It's probably like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. It's probably like three blocks long just to get in here. And it's like four o'clock in the morning. But what these guys have is they have like 24 hour legal license to sell alcohol. They were like the last place in San Francisco to have this thing. Yeah. Well, anyways, I go in there with these tickets and I just show them to the door guy. He's like, oh yeah, come right in. No waiting in line. There's none of that kind of stuff going on at all. <clears throat> you know, go up to the bar and each of those tickets then was, it was 20 bucks each ticket. So you don't need to get your drink. So 
you know, I, I remember I ordered us a round, pretty big round, mm-hmm. and then put, you know, a couple tickets down, and then I threw the, I threw the bartender 50 bucks, you know, for a tip. Sure. And then it was on, dude. Like, yeah. they just loved me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, yeah. that was a crazy night, dude, because then I really figured out, like, like, the underground stuff of San Francisco. The stuff that I heard about, and I had always yeah. been like, what, dude, is that, re- like, is this really going yeah. on? Is there really parties, like... In the basement of Chinatown where you walk a block. Yes, there is, yeah. dude. Believe that, bro. Believe that, okay. dude. Like, believe that there is, like, you know, you go, there's, like, parties where you walk into a kitchen and the kitchen's still going. They don't say anything. There's a hatch you open. You walk down these stairs. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> and you're walking, like, a quarter block in darkness. And then it just opens up to a room, in the, you know, in Chinatown. And all it is is, like, appara- like, American apparel models and just models and a DJ and just tons of drugs Dumb. and just that's all you know Dumb. and it's going and those parties would go from you know they'd start at 6 a.m and end because they were mandated Wednesday. by the government they could do whatever they wanted to do at any time pretty much huh? no these are underground parties yeah. well, they're totally illegal you know yeah. this stuff was like totally illegal you know i yeah. mean the end up was different like they could get away with it sure but i really got introduced to like a really gnarly side of san francisco you know i was real. i got really caught up in that like mm-hmm. you know going through a divorce and like <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know, hanging out with like, like really hot chicks and making a ton of money and having mm-hmm. money from being up in Grass Valley and like, I just really kind of just fell back and I fell into like a new kind of addiction, dude. Like sure. a new, um, <clears throat> something that made you feel good, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, bro. Like, and when I needed it, you know, and, sure. and it turns out, dude, like I'm really vulnerable, um, and I'm really emotional, dude. And like, that's, those are the things that I act on, you know, or like my mm-hmm. emotions and it's too, I just do it too much, Sure. you know, like I'm, I don't know, man, like I'm in like, ugh, that's crazy. I can't even believe I'm talking about, but like I'm in like anger management now mm-hmm. and I'm in a lot of things, dude, to like really, I don't know, man. Like I just, I just want to better my life so exactly. much now. Back then I didn't care. I was just, I just wanted to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be like around a certain kind of person and <clears throat> people and just kind of like, I've been through that. Yeah. And I got kind of accepted into this whole scene that I had never been, th- you know, like yeah. I had never, it was such a weird, weird time, dude. Everything was going crazy. Like the country was all going nuts. Obama had just been elected. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, maybe it was like, he, no, he'd, he'd already been off. Maybe it was like his second term or something. I'm like, yeah. You know the big Shepherd Fairy thing, the the um, change. You remember remember Obama's big thing? It was yeah, like change. the red and blue, and it said change. So yep. that's Shepherd Fairy who does Obey. Um, okay. uh, and he does the Andre the Giant stuff, you know. Yep. So huge graffiti artist, um, hell of a dude, and he's still, you know, at this point, you know, he was already for sure like a millionaire many times over. You know, his clothing lines killing doing all this, but he'd still want paint all the time. And I'd see him at these parties, and he wasn't really a partier. Mm-hmm. He would just kind of like link up with people, mm-hmm. and then he was the dude that would cut out and still go paint like with his crews. Crazy dude, like you know what I mean? He'd mm-hmm. find like, but anyways, the, the reason I don't know, I'm getting all off track. But anyways, the reason I brought the thing about the change was, um, <clears throat> right when I'd be walking, uh, I was DJing at this time too up there. Um, when you would be walking up like seventh and heading up the hill, like almost to Chinatown, that's where they had that original piece that Shepard Ferry did, you know what I mean? And that was a big, huge deal because that was like on the cover of Time Magazine. Sure. And that was like, you know, here's this graffiti artist, here's this, this underground dude, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And all of a sudden he's on the cover of Time Magazine and like doing 
rad wow. stuff. You know, yeah. so San Francisco at that time was really, <clears throat> it was a really neat place. Dude. Yeah. There was a lot of really, really cool stuff going on. There was, you know, it was kind of like, how do you, like, what do you want to do with it? You know, mm -hmm. I, I think if I would have had more direction and a better plan, I think I would have done really well out there. Sure. Um, I was already really familiar with the city because I always had to go out there, like with the skate shops. Um, mm -hmm. My my decks were made out there; they were pressed out there, and I would change shapes, do that. I have to go out there, and then, you know, like um, through my shops too. I had won like um, shop of the year in Thrasher magazine. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And so I'd go out there for the for like those guys' parties. So I knew like oh, Jake yeah. Phelps, and I, I knew like really? a lot of person. I knew him really well, and I, and I would hang out with those guys when I moved out. Yeah. There, and that was kind of a, a drive, like. It wasn't like a driving force, like a factor, but I had a posse out there already before I moved there. Mm -hmm. I had a good, I knew some, some really solid artists. I knew some people that were like really doing some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's why I, I, I wanted to be around that. But being around that dude and being an addict just didn't work out for me, you know, yeah. because it was like, I had all these things I could have been doing, mm -hmm. but I just wasn't. I yeah. would just go 10 bar like, a few nights a week, make money, and then just like, <clears throat> just go do like bad stuff, dude. Yeah. You know, just be yeah. living gnarly, dude. You know, I mean. Doing what you wanted when you wanted it. That was yeah. it. Yeah. And San Francisco will give it to you too. Like, I mean, if you oh, want, yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you want Thai food from a one-legged Asian prostitute at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a Tuesday, bro, you're, you're going to get, get it, bro. Like, that's like, they got that for you there, you no, know? That's like, awesome. That's so, so awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that place is, and it just doesn't ever stop, you know? Caters to you, you know? Yeah, to like, anything, dude. Like, mm -hmm. that's the problem, you know? Like, and for like, I don't know, like, being like a young man, like, I don't know, just coming out of a divorce being hurt, wanting to start over. Mm -hmm. I just really, like, that was, I kind of approached it the wrong way. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I would have done the same thing, though. Yeah, yeah. so, like, like I mean, it's it. easy to say, like, I mean, yeah, I definitely fell back into drugs. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it was, like, a whole new kind of drug use. Like, I had stopped with the heroin mm -hmm. um, um, and the opiates, but I was That's really heavy on coke again, really heavy on like a lot of party Cocaine kind of comes with that whole, that whole scene. You totally. Know? I mean, yeah, dude. I used to not to, but with, with cocaine, like still to this day, anybody will ask me, hey, what was, what's, what's your favorite drug that you've done over all the years? Because I've done all of them, you know, I'm mm -hmm. sure you have. And every time I say cocaine, and they're like, cocaine? Why? I said, it's not the cocaine, it's what comes with the cocaine. Yeah, dude. You right, know, and right. that, yeah. that's wow. what it is. Yeah, I never thought of it like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And you're, I mean, Keith, you're totally right, dude. Like, yeah, because a certain thing does come with it. You know, I mean, out here, I just got, you know, Different. It, it was, you know, it was like a, you know, I sell used cars and I, I do it at this bar and I got some coke. Like, that's like some Utah coke. You know yeah. what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. But oh, like, yeah. out there, it was like this whole other thing came with it, dude. Uh -huh. um, but I got, I started getting sick at this time, dude. Mm -hmm. um, my body started like failing. Like I started, I was like throwing up blood. I started throwing up blood at this time. Uh -huh. um, I was getting real sick a lot, dude. Um, so, you know, I would, I would try to like be mellow on the partying, but I was drinking a lot, dude. You know what I mean? And I didn't mm -hmm. think anything of it really. Alcohol is tough on your body. Dude, it's really so, yeah, body. it started really ripping me apart. But then I, out there, I really, I really became an alcoholic, dude. I'll give it to there because I always drank. Yeah. But through all those years of like opiates and stuff, you can't really drink that much when you're on those. You know what I'm saying? It just you'll doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll just get sick. They're not and meant like, to be together. Yeah. yeah. It's dangerous too. Yeah, yeah, it is. It totally is. 
But out there, you know, I can I can say that like that with doing those drugs came the alcohol, and then I lived, dude. I lived I, literally. This is so nuts, dude. When I, I think about like he's so crazy. So my first place there, underneath me was like a little awesome cafe. Then there was a coffee place right next to it. Then right next to that was this really crazy bar. Mm-hmm. Right next to that was the pizza place, and right next to that was the weed dispensary. And this is everything only, you need: pizza, weed, pizza, weed, the bar. <laughs> I mean, like it was crazy, dude. Shit, like, that's yeah. got rel- relapse looking all over for it. Right, right, yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. I and mean, it yeah. was just all right there, you sure. know. Yeah, but yeah, th- that's when my body started kind of shutting down, dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was getting sick, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I started dating this this uh, attorney out there. She lived out in Rockridge. And that was kind of cool because I get out of the city sure. sometimes. Yeah. Like you know, I just get on How the. How far is that from downtown San Francisco? So like, so that would be like, so you get on the Bart. So I lived on Ninth. So you would just mm-hmm. walk up to the. There's like, there's like a CVS right there. It's still there. It's like mm-hmm. been there forever. Uh, you get on the, you get on the Bart at Ninth, and then mm-hmm. go across. You, you take the, uh, you take the Oakland Bridge. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, bridge. pretty much like that's what everybody takes anyways. Because you know the Bay Bridge or the San Francisco, like Golden Gate. <laughs> yeah. That's like if you're going up like you know to like napa or you're gonna go like san jose or like those places Mm -hmm. you take that but really a lot of people live in oakland dude a lot of people live Mm -hmm. and it's weird because like they gentrified all this stuff now and they've made they've really made cities that were never there before like rockridge is this like city that's only been there for like now it's probably been there like 20 25 years at the Mm -hmm. time it's only been there for like 10 years and it was like what everything was brand new really nice and it was so weird you know, because, yeah. but you better know what stop you're getting off on, man, because that's yeah. West Oakland. I was there. That's a bad, <clears throat> Oakland can get dark, man, like really Bro, dark. I was, I was on, uh, I was on BART on uh, New Year's Eve the night that those riots happened. That cop killed that kid who said he was tr- trying to get his taser. They shut the BART down on us, bro. What? They shut all of our phones off. This is a true story, dude. Whoa. They shut all of our phones off because it went viral instantly. So people on the train, you know, they killed like a 17-year-old kid because yeah. he was drunk. You know, it was all tape. Oh, and yeah. they put it live. They shut the, all the phones off. Everything stopped in the BART. And it was scary as hell, dude. Because I got dropped off in front of the Acorn Projects, bro. Uh-huh. And I don't know... Like anybody I knows know, like, about cutty ass places and hardcore. New Orleans, you know, we grew, I was born and raised in New Orleans, yeah. in the New Orleans area, and you know, growing up, like, there, it's not like it used to be. But back then, when I was a kid, like, yeah, there were big time projects and yeah. all that shit, dude. And yeah. it's like they eventually all just fail, you know. But it's those were just the parts of town that I learned never go to. Never, you know? bro. Don't, ever. don't even think about it. Just yeah. don't go. Yeah, and so like I remember getting out of the station and finally getting service and like calling Lisa and she had to come grab me or whatever. But that was like a main. That was a, a stop for me a lot. Was I would go out to Rockridge a lot and kind of just mm-hmm. decompress, you know. Sure. But you know she was doing a lot of speed. I didn't know that. I never really hung out with like like tweaker people. So you couldn't see her personality shape because you no. knew her, okay. <clears throat> right? So I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she was a lawyer. You know what I mean? She was a practicing That's lawyer. Thing, yeah. Right? But I met her because of going in the clubs. And she's, she's, doing always, what, she's doing what? Meth? Yeah. They, yeah. <clears throat> and it's funny. They won't call it meth. You know, they call it speed. Yeah. We're going to do a little speed tonight. Yeah. I'm going to do something. I'm like, what, dude? Like, That's what meth. they call, well, in North Carolina, they used to call cocaine speed. I'm like, no, it's cocaine. I'm like, no, it's speed. I'm like, yeah. okay, right. you know, whatever yeah. you say. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. You know, I never heard anybody call it that. It was like, you know, and hanging out with her and like, you know, like her professional friends, those guys would do that. And I had yeah. no idea about, I mean, I got to say, like when I was working on motorcycles, um, 
before the house fire, I was, I was really, really hanging tough with a really, really, really heavy drug dealer, dude, a mm -hmm. really gnarly guy. He's, he's in prison for life now. I got raided by the ATF, but back yeah. then we used to work on motorcycles. This was in Ogden and, uh, He's, he was a real, he was a real drug dealer, bro. He was yeah. gnarly, but he was in the meth, dude. Yeah. And this guy would stay up like seven, eight days and he'd lose his mind. Yeah. And I try to work on bikes with him. So that was my only really experience with like a, a tweaker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause that just wasn't my, like that just wasn't my shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. So anyways, like, yeah, getting out there, I just knew her from like partying and that's kind of how I met her. And then I remember like the first time I was like, dude, she's like, well, why don't you come out? And we'll just hang out tonight. I was like, cool. So I was like, you know, this is like when Blockbuster was still around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're all shutting down. But yeah. Netflix wasn't out quite yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like yeah. all this. But uh, I remember like we went and rented a movie and we were sitting on the couch. I was like, this is going to be rad. And she just wouldn't sit still. So uh, anyways, man, that was kind of like my introduction to, um, you know, everything that was kind of going on out there. And then, you know, through dating her. Um, meeting other people and stuff. I just, everything it's, just got. It, it's one of those places where you hear so much about it, but until you actually see it, you, yeah. don't, you don't believe it because you're like, there's no way. No right. way, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I and, get that. And hooking up with those people that are like, they're like professional partiers, dude. Like, they took me every, like, I learned everything, like, I shouldn't learn <laughs> yeah. what to do. So, yeah. anyways, I know we're totally getting like off topic and stuff. I don't know. I know this is going kind of long. So, well, no, yeah, we're, what we're going to do is since I know you got to go take care of that, we'll, um, we'll plan on having you back. Shoot. Another time, probably a couple of times. Oh, you well, know. I mean, yeah, so I, I, can, I can wrap. I'm sorry, bro. No, like, no, you're just no, going so long. <laughs> I know, I, I, I love it. But, um, yeah, we'll be back. Hey, guys, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, we will be having Miles back on uh, tomorrow, Saturday, July 10th, 2021. And, uh, we look forward to having him back and same to you. Bye guys.